Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. I hope it's a payday for you. If you are a bi-weekly wage runner, maybe today it is. If you're a weekly wage runner, maybe today's your day. But I hope that you have enough funds to get out and enjoy this bye week And you know what? Maybe you don't want to get out and do anything. Maybe you just want to sit home and watch some college football on Saturday, and that's always a good plan. If you're looking to, uh, you know, get out and go do some maroon and white stuff, you can do that right here in Stark Vegas in Humphrey Coliseum. Friday night, Mississippi State will take on Sam Houston State. And then your ladies, that's right, your defending two-time champion SEC ladies from Mississippi State will open up on Saturday against Southern Miss. So we're going to get into some of that a little bit later in the show. I want to take some time, too, and thank so many people, man. I, I tell you, I'm recording this in the wee hours of the morning, and I'm going to get a few hours sleep and be right back at it on Friday. 
but I'm not going to ever let um, the quality of our programming here uh, be diminished, even though I have a very rigorous schedule these days. But uh, let me tell you, you know, Thursday I spent the day in Jackson. I was there from, I was scheduled to be there from 12 to 3 at uh, Mistletoe Marketplace with our good friends at Campus Bookmart. And I absolutely love those folks. Man, they've been so great to me. But uh, I got on the road a little bit earlier and I was able to make it there about 10.30. And so got started and uh, within the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of being there, we sold about 15 books. And before it was over with, we sold about 80 books. And then I left there and I went to Turn Row Books in Greenwood and I tell you, I, I could not have been treated better than I was at Turn Row Books. We go up there, we sold about 25 books up there. I mean, it's just been a tremendous day. And then during the afternoon, I get a message. And uh, very happy to say that despite the fact that it, the, uh, the book was in limited release, in the first week of its release, without it even being in about, but about two stores, Stark Villains debuts on the Mississippi bestsellers list at number 10 debuts. Wasn't in Turn Row Books yet, wasn't in Lemuria Books yet, and many other bookstores. It's only in a couple stores, and it's already on the top 10 list. And so you guys know how to make an old boy from South Mississippi feel awfully special. And so I want to thank you for that and encourage you to get out and go buy books. And today, on Friday, I will be in Meridian at the Rush Hospital Cafeteria Meeting Room. There is a group that meets there regularly. They've had me there a couple times to come speak, and uh going to be back over there and, and selling some books, man, and, and talking about this great story. And uh, one of the things that people have shared with me is how excited they are to hear from Jackie Sherrill and, and Bob Tyler and, uh, you know, Ron Polk and, and you know, people that were responsible, you know, for this program that, that we sometimes take for granted, to hear them talk about their favorite moments and the rivalries and, and, and their you know, their contributions to the Mississippi State side. And uh, I am so enjoying getting the feedback from so many of you. And it's like when I ask people, what are your favorite stories? And a lot of times I just want to know that. So when I go back and do Villains Part 2, I'll kind of know what what, uh, what works. I know my audience pretty well, but, but I also want to know there, there are some stories that are important to me that may not be quite as important to you. There's a lot of talk about Chapter 2. And that's the one about the 19-year-old college students back in 1946 who flew a plane over to Ole Miss and painted a campus maroon and white. Uh, that's a really cool story. I had somebody tell me that Mario Austin was the, their favorite story. And then the, uh, the Golden Egg co-conspirators, two crazy college students, steal the Golden Egg. These are great stories. And I tell you, it's been the joy of my life to put this book together, to put it all in print. And uh, the response has been incredible. I tell you, it's, it's very, very humbling for me. And... Uh, Really, really excited about what is to come. And again, I'll be in Meridian today from noon to around 1, and then I will leave there. We kind of got an unexpected signing today. I'm going to go back to, to Mistletoe Marketplace in Jackson. I'm going back there today and going to be there pretty much the rest of the evening. I had, uh, you know, we, have, we had such a good day there today. I wanted to go back, and the folks at Campus Bookmart were gracious enough to say, hey, Steve, if you can make it, they didn't want they didn't want to suggest it. But when I saw what was happening, they were on the verge of running out of books. And they still got a couple of days left, so I'm going to go back tomorrow and help them sign some more books and take some more pictures and all that good stuff, and then uh, be back in Starkville 
uh, tomorrow night, late tomorrow night. And then Saturday we'll have a book signing, Book Martin Cafe downtown, 11 at 3. And then once that's done, I'm going to head over to Humphrey Coliseum and finish up watching the ladies play. So excited for a big weekend. But, man, I'll tell you, the book is doing exceptionally well. And uh, it has been one of the greatest joys of my life to put this together for, for, for us because it's my name on the book, but these are our stories. And uh, it has been such a joy to hear the people that we respect so much, the people that we have invested so much mental energy in and emotional energy, guys like Anthony Dixon and Derek Pegues and, and ladies like Morgan William, and to hear their thoughts on what it means to be a Mississippi State Bulldog and what it means to beat Ole Miss and what it means to do major things uh, during your college career. It's, uh, it, man, it's been a delight. It really has. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Very, very happy to partner with them. You know, it's a great restaurant-quality hamburger, man. It's just, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You've heard me say it so many times. You're not going to find a better place to break bread in Starkville than the Bulldog Burger Company. And I'm a big advocate of the spring rolls. You guys know my policy about that. I think it makes everybody better looking. And the world needs more better looking, okay? We need to look better. The people around us need to look better. You're going to see the world through a different lens when you have the spring rolls. There's two locations now to serve you. We've got, the, you know, the classic, the original, the one right here at the Cotton District, uh, the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District right here in Starkville, and now a new location in Tupelo to serve you on Gloucester Street. Getting rave reviews. People absolutely love it. I expected there to be, you know, kind of a learning curve up there, but I guess because when you've pretty much perfected the uh, the restaurant-quality hamburger here, it's pretty easy to transition over to Tupelo. So Bulldog Burger Company, again, go by, have a great time. And listen, that fans of all schools are welcome. This is not something that's just exclusive to Mississippi State folks. We're, we're willing to break bread with us about anybody. So go on, put your feet up under that great table, Bulldog Burger Company. Have a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Again, that's Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet, M-E-A-T. So uh, let's get into a couple things. We mentioned some basketball stuff. Before we do all of that, I want to go ahead and kind of take a look at uh, the football schedule. As you guys are well aware, Mississippi State not going to play football this weekend. And, uh, you know, we've had some injuries and that sort of stuff, but, you know, we, we had a chance to speak to Errol Thompson. Errol participated in practice. He was somewhat limited, but there is no reason to, to believe that he will not be available next weekend when we take on Alabama. Garrett Schrader, as I mentioned on uh, on Wednesday show, you know he has had a bit of a foot ailment since the Auburn game. He has been able to play through that, but it is something that has him a little bit less than 100%. And so that is something that he will just kind of have to deal with until we get into the offseason. But outside of that, I think we're in pretty good shape. You know, you begin to think, okay, Stuart Reese is right there. You know, probably the benefit of the bye week will be good for him, and he should be good to go. He did he did dress and participate in drills last weekend against Arkansas. But I think the way that LaQuinston Sharp has played and Tommy Champion has played, it has allowed guys like Greg Island and Stuart Reese the time to kind of heal. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, the way that we have played in the last six quarters on the offensive line, you know, I think maybe you've got a decision to make. I don't know if you guys are aware, too. Joe Moorhead kind of confirmed with us on Wednesday that uh, redshirt freshman defensive tackle Cameron Young has been lost for the season. He will have season-ending surgery if he hasn't already had that. I believe that it, I believe he has had it. Maybe by the time we've gone to press today, that's been taken care of. And listen, that that he Cam hadn't played a whole lot, but he was a guy that was kind of beginning to kind of find his, 
he'll find a niche. He's a reserve guy, but um, you know, that's a, a position of need where we don't have a lot of depth. And now we've got a young guy really kind of cutting his college teeth, and he has been uh, you know, taken from the active roster. And so you've lost Maurice Smitherman, and you've lost Cameron Young now for the year, both guys on defense, and you hate to lose anybody, but certainly those are two positions of need. The good thing is is that uh, Mississippi State has begun to build some depth at corner. I don't know that we've built depth at defensive tackle yet. I wish Cameron Young the absolute best. Cam was kind of a late bloomer. He was the guy that kind of turned some heads at a Nike camp at the end of his junior season, at the end of his junior academic year. And then that he hit the radar and then put together a good senior season and kind of played his way into a Mississippi State offer very late in the process. I've, I've spoken with Bob Shoup about Cam many times, and he believes Cameron Young is going to be the prototypical Mississippi State story. The small-town kid, a little bit under-recruited, a kid that's kind of country-strong, long on talent, long on ability, a little short on skill refinement, and it'll take him some time to develop. But he believes that Cameron Young is a guy that could potentially grow into an NFL guy. And so for him to lose this year, granted we're, we're nine games in, but any, any, any rep that's lost is difficult to make up. So, you know, these are good, these are good times for him to kind of begin to develop and, and kind of hone the craft. And my hope is, is that he'll be close to, uh, you know, 100% by the time we start fall camp next year. They'll be very, very careful with him in the spring. There's, there's, there's no point pushing it in the spring. But hopefully by the time we get into uh, to summer camp and fall drills that he'll have the opportunity uh, to return to full, to full service. Certainly, uh, you know, I wouldn't say a huge loss, but from a depth standpoint, certainly uh, something that's detrimental to Mississippi State's defensive unit. Outside of that, defensively, I think we're in pretty good shape. I continue to hear that you know, Cam Densler is really – he is not injured at this point. He is a guy that has a little bit of discomfort that, that he is kind of playing through. The bye week will be good for him. We, we feel like he'll be probably closer to 100% uh, by the time we take on Alabama than he's been in a few weeks. But uh, if we were playing a game this Saturday, Cam would line up and go play. Would absolutely line up and go play. Uh, C.J. Morgan, you know, didn't play much at all against Arkansas. Uh, Marcus Murphy got his first collegiate start. C.J. Morgan is expected to be back in action next uh, weekend against Alabama. And, of course, you know, uh, there are some guys that were available against Arkansas that won't be available against Alabama or Abilene Christian, as you guys are aware. And so we do expect C.J. Morgan to go back into the starting lineup against Alabama. He had a good game against him last year. Brian Cole uh, recently invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Not a huge surprise there. He is a guy that has begun to put some things on tape here down the stretch, doing a much better job setting the edge. He's a guy that we expect to test well. He's also a guy that I think that will perform well in a senior bowl. Brian is one of those guys, too. It, it, he plays well in big moments. Every so often you'll see him out there doing something big, but it seems like whenever State needs a play on third down, either he's a guy setting the edge and turning the guy back towards containment or he's a guy in the backfield rushing a throw. I like the way we're using him, and I think he's beginning to play the best football of his career right now at Mississippi State. We need him to, to continue to improve and to play the best football of his career here in the month of November. Got to have two more wins. That's, that's all there is to it. There is no tomorrow beyond that. I, I, again, I don't, I don't care if we go play a ball game against uh, you know, Opelousas Tech in Bug Tussle, Alabama. It makes a difference to me 
we really need those practices. This year, in many respects, is kind of a wash. You know, this is a year we were we knew it was a transition year. We were thinking, okay, maybe we're eight and four if we're being a little bit on the homer side. But I think most people said, you know what, probably seven and four. And I really felt like that was probably the the floor. But we make those projections before we knew the severity of the Tudor Gate Ten. You know, there was a lot of discussion early on that, yeah, we're going to have several players, but it may be varying penalties. You may have some guys out for one or two games, some guys out for seven or eight, but that wasn't what we got. We got ten guys out for eight games, and those ten guys have now served six games at our penalty. So they'll have two more. Then they'll be done, and we'll be full strength for the Egg Bowl. But I think most people probably looked at the schedule and said, you know what, hopefully eight and four, probably no worse than seven and five, and then here we are scrapping to get to six and six. And so one of the things that I give Dan Mullen a lot of credit for, and there are a lot of things. I mean, Dan Mullen did some good things here at Mississippi State. But we were able to get off that whole roller coaster. And so when when we had a transition year or a, quote, rebuilding year, we were still able to get to a bowl game. And so in order to, I think, to salvage something from the year, and it's been a very difficult year. There's been a lot of things that have gone wrong. But you win two more ball games this month, and you find a way to get into a ball game somewhere. And I think that, for many respects, will probably save a lot of angst in the offseason. And listen, let's be honest with one another here, okay? A lot of this angst is built around the fact that a lot of people are concerned about losing the egg. There are, there's a lot of people out there that'll say, well, you know, I don't worry about Ole Miss until we play them. And that is absolute hogwash. That may be true in Baton Rouge. That's not true in Starkville or Biloxi or Jackson or Gluckstadt or Wiggins or Hattiesburg. We think about the Egg Bowl every single week. We think about it every day. And that's, you can look at social media. If State has a ho-hum game and, and Ole Miss has a ho-hum game, you know, there's the inferiority complex that begins to rear its head and says, oh, you know what, if Ole Miss plays like that, they're going to kill us. I, I don't know that Ole Miss could kill us without our help. It's going to be a ball game at home, and I understand the trends favored the road team as of late. It's time that changes. But there are a lot, there's a lot of this anxiety that can be attributed to the fact there are some people that are just terrified to lose the egg. And that is a real concern. I mean, honestly, it is. I mean, it, we, we talk about it all the time. You know, it, it really is the crown jewel of this rivalry. It is the one thing that you have for bragging rights. And you begin to think, you know what, it's been a difficult year this year. However, we were still able to keep the egg and prolong our season and extend our postseason bowl streak to 10 games. That is far from a certainty that we're able to do that. But at this point, it looks a whole lot more realistic than it did maybe a week ago because there were some of our own fans that were just – and I don't say this because they're negative. I just say this because I think people are just so, so shell-shocked and have lost so much confidence in the team – especially on the road, they were thinking, you know what, if we go over to Arkansas and sleepwalk to that ball game, we're going to lose. And I said that on on this show. If you go over there and allow them to go up two scores early in the ball game, we're not good enough to come from behind on the road from a two-score deficit win. The good news is, is we don't have any more road games this year. So I'm excited about where we are in November. I'm not excited about our overall record this year. I'm not excited about our overall SEC record. But I'm excited about what the possibilities are for the remainder of this season. It's not We're not going to be in the Gator Bowl. We're not going to be in Florida. 
I'll be happy to be in Tennessee, as I've told you. We, you know, we could go down there and play in Biloxi for all I care. I just want to have these, these bowl practices because I believe this young nucleus of guys needs those reps to give us a running start in a spring practice. Because the way the schedule works out now, you know, bowl practices allows you to practice all the way through December up until your bowl game. Then you take you know, January, February off, and next thing you know, you're right back into spring football. Then it's Super Bulldog weekend, and then we take some time off and earn the summer workouts. I mean, being a college football player these days is a year-round job. It's not like it was years ago where, you know, hey, when, by the time the uh, when football season ended on Thanksgiving, that was it until you saw each other in spring for a couple weeks, and then you were in August. It's not like that anymore. It's such a commitment. So we don't need to go from Thanksgiving night to spring practice without our players having the opportunity to get out there and work in pads and go through a full practice with this under the supervision of the coaching staff. We need those practice sessions to kind of give us a running start into 2020. And I think we can all, I think it's safe to assume now that Gary Schrader is certainly going to be the starter next year. And so he's going to need that. Not to mention you'll be breaking in a lot of new wide receivers. So the quarterback's going to have to develop some rapport with those guys. So you're going to need the reps. Joe Moorhead told us earlier this week that, you know, they, they kind of flipped the things up and let some of the scout team guys play. Uh, he mentioned Kareem Walker as a guy that really stood out. If we get anything from Kareem Walker after all of this stuff, it's going to be a wonderful thing. You know, you signed him basically by default. And I think you signed him you know, because of the fact that Charles Huff knew we could get him. And so he comes in, and, you know, there's all this delay. I'm not going to rehash all that again. There's all this delay. And then he shows up as an academic redshirt. But he's beginning to to do some things on the scout team. And I, I think he's happy to be part of a Division One family again. Errol Thompson said that Kareem Walker gives them a really good look on the scout team. I think a lot of that has got to do with the fact that Kareem Walker has played Power 5 football before. And listen, I've read all the posts on message boards and social media and, you know, people, you know, kind of throwing shade at Kareem Walker. And listen, I mean, th- there's no reason to have high expectations of him. I mean, wh- I mean, honestly, what what has he shown on the college level that would make anybody think, okay, this guy's going to be a difference maker? We know Nick Gibson is going to be gone at the end of the year. There's a real possibility that Colin Hill will be gone. It's no guarantee that he's going to be gone, but I'm certain that he will request his draft grade. It may be right in line with what he wants, and he may go ahead and go pro. I mean, there's a real chance that he leads the SEC in rushing. He's number one right now. Uh, Swift at Georgia is second, and he has four games remaining. Even though Colin has a pretty decent lead on him, Swift have, has four games remaining. One of those is against Auburn arguably the top front seven in the SEC. But Swift's a great player. And so he has the benefit of that extra game, so he could catch Kylan, but you got to feel like Kylan will be an all-SEC caliber back. He will get that type of designation. You may recall he was snubbed in the preseason balloting for the all-SEC team. He will be on the postseason balloting if he finishes November the way we expect him to. But if he is among the top two rushers, he is going to get some draft interest. And so if you begin to think, okay, Kylan's not going to be here, Nick's not going to be here, 
So the only returning guy that you have with any appreciable SEC experience is Lee Witherspoon. Then all of a sudden you add Kareem Walker to the mix and you've got some young guys coming in and then all of a sudden Kareem Walker's value on this team increases. And so I'm happy to hear from Joe Moorhead and others that he is practicing well. They have no reason to tell us that because there is no expectation for Kareem to play this year. But if you get any benefit from that, and that's what I think the bye week does for you, uh, you get a chance to look at those guys, you know, kind of compete in some real-time drills and not just be the scout team guys. Guys like Kareem Walker need those bowl practices. He'll have an opportunity to work with the ones in the spring. But wouldn't it be nice for him to have those extra bowl practices to give him a leading uh, you know, kind of a running start into spring practice. You know, there are going to be a lot of offensive skill positions that are going to be in transition next year. You're going to feel pretty good about the quarterback spot. For the most part, you'll feel good about your offensive line. You've got some good guys returning. Darrell Williams will be moving on. Tyree Phillips will be moving on. LaQuinson Sharp will return. Tommy Champion will be moving on. Stuart Reese should be back. You know, so you, so it's kind of like this year, and it's probably going to take us half of the year to kind of figure it out. But there's going to be a ton of receivers gone. It's going to be, you know, your two leading carriers, running back's going to be gone, so Garrett's going to have to kind of figure some things out. We're going to need those bowl practices. That's that's bigger than the game. That's bigger. I mean, if we go to Liberty Bowl or, or the Music City Bowl or whatever – of course, we want to go win the ball game because that, that you know. If you remember last year, you win the egg and then you you lose the ball game. You didn't play exceptionally well. Still had a chance to win. You blow that ball game, and it just kind of put a shadow on the whole season. You know, if you win that game and you go nine and four, so you win the egg and you bring home the the Outback Trophy, then all of a sudden, you know what? Hey, we're not so bad. You know, hey guys, we were you know we were went away from being a double digit win team. But when you lose that ball game, it, it just, it just kind of, yeah, you, you want to end on a positive note. But I, I think for the future of the program, because you know, for next year, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be having to have some some pretty big holes to fill. We need all the practice we can get. And speaking of practice, guys, let me let me remind you, uh, Manscaped.com, a new sponsor of the show. Listen, I'm going to just shoot it straight with you. Guys, you got to take care of yourself, okay? The significant others in your life demand it of you. They may not be willing to say it to your face. I will say it for you, for them, to you. Manscaped.com is the leading manscaping company out there. They have the great you know, skin-safe technology. You go out there, you, you trim. They've got deodorant for you. They've got... Uh, you know, just basically a safer, cleaner way for you to take care of your more intimate, sensitive areas. It's as simple as that. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we're going to give you a, a phrase that pays. That's Bulldogs. Easy to remember. B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S. And that'll give you 20% off some product. L- ladies, this is a great opportunity for you to kind of take matters on your own hands. Maybe, maybe give this as a Christmas gift. Go ahead and get set up for it, guys. Again... You know, everybody has had, you know, you've, you've used the, the same trim on, trimmer for your face that you do your intimate areas, and that's just gross. you got to stop doing that. You don't have to admit it. Just fix it. Okay, just fix it. 
Again, that's manscaped.com, promo code Bulldogs, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S, manscaped.com. Happy to have them on board. And there, Trust me, there's guys, there's some of your ladies that are listening to that and saying, you know what, maybe I should get that for him. I don't, so maybe you let her know, hey, babe, give me something else. Give me a Mississippi State shirt. I'm going to go ahead and take care of this manscaping issue myself. So uh, we mentioned earlier, too, about the schedule. Let me, let's go ahead and look at uh, what the rest of the league looks like this weekend. Uh, Vanderbilt is at Florida. You know, Vanderbilt's played better as of late. I don't know that Derek Mason's on the hot seat. I don't. I don't. I just don't know. I think they've won enough games, and I think people at Vanderbilt kind of understand uh, they're not going to be an eight-win team very often. The, the glory days, runner James Franklin. I don't know that that's coming back anytime soon. They're going to be on the road in the swamp. I'm expecting a closer game than maybe some others, but I think Florida wins the ball game. It's so tough to win it in Gainesville. I don't know that Vanderbilt has enough offense, even on their best day. Uh, But they'll have a good game plan to get her to slow Florida down. I just don't know they'll have the athletes. If Florida win that game, Western Kentucky is at Arkansas. I don't know if you guys are aware. We've talked about this could be the revenge game for Ty Story. You know, Ty Story, the former Arkansas quarterback that was essentially, you know, kind of let let him know that he wasn't going to be the guy, even though he was a starter. They're 5-4 this year. Uh, they've lost two in a row. It looked like a couple weeks ago they had a real chance. They they lost at Marshall and they've lost at, lost at home to FAU, uh, 35-24. I think Arkansas will find a way to win this ball game. I didn't feel that way a couple of weeks ago, and even after watching them play last week. But I think I think Rakeem Boyd is enough. They and and listen, I know they're going to start Jerry Jones' grandson, with John Stevens, I guess is his name. K.J. Jefferson has to have a package, and that's the only thing that is going, that's going to ignite this fan base at Arkansas and to get them behind Chad Morris a little bit because they're all ready to fire him. You've got to kind of begin to play for next year. And I think, listen, the biggest ovation they gave last weekend was when K.J. was on the field. I think that's the first thing they had to be hopeful about. But I think Arkansas finds a way to win. I just don't think Western Kentucky can stop Rakeem Boyd, who I like a lot. I think he is a very good player. The big one, guys, LSU at Alabama. I have went back and forth on this game for the last couple of weeks. I think Alabama wins it because I don't think LSU is going to be able to score with Alabama. Grant Delpit has been a little banged up for LSU. Michael Divinity is out for LSU. And he he hadn't been a mainstay on the defense, but he's a very athletic player. But he's out. Joe Burrow is a great player. I just don't know. If uh, if the LSU wide receivers can consistently make plays against the Alabama secondary, I think that's where the game is won or lost. If LSU can match Alabama, you know, punch for punch, then I think it's a very interesting. But it could be a Texas Tech, you know, Baylor type ball game from years ago. I also think that the Alabama wide receivers are as good as a group that LSU is going to see all year. I think at home in the state of Alabama, uh, I don't think Rob Skelton calls a ball game, but I, I, I just think Alabama, if Tua is even close to 85%, 90%, I don't think that LSU can stop Alabama consistently. I don't think they can get enough stops to win the game. I don't expect it to be the shootout other people do, but I, you know, I, I, think, I think Alabama probably wins this thing a couple scores. 
I just think with I think Tua benefits from having the week off, and I know that he had that surgery, and you know that was the big thing last year. They bring him back, and it just took a long time for him to kind of get going again. But this is a guy that sees the field unlike many people in the country, and with the options they have at receiver with Rugs and Judy and those guys, they are going to find a way to put pressure on that OSU secondary, and they're going to find a way, you know, to win. Mississippi State found some success against the OSU secondary. And now Grant Delpit, who I think is a first-round draft pick for OSU, is less than 100%. He'll play. But uh, I just don't know that OSU can score with Alabama. Uh, New Mexico State's at Ole Miss. I mean, you know, listen, as much as we would love for this to happen, I just don't see the Aggies pulling this one off. New Mexico State 0-8 on the year. Uh, they have, you know, listen, I'm going to run down some of these scores for you just so you can realize how bad New Mexico State is. And I'm sure, I, I, as sure as I'm sitting here, I know there's some Mississippi State fans are going to see this score because I'm sure Ole Miss will score at will. And it, there'll be threads all over all the Facebook groups about, oh, my gosh, did you see what Ole Miss did in New Mexico State? Let's go ahead and put it in context. The Aggies are 0-8. They lose to Washington State 58-7. to they lose to Alabama 62-10. They lose to San Diego State 31-10. They lose to New Mexico, at New Mexico, in a barn burner 55-52. They lose to Fresno 38-17. They lose to Liberty 20-13. Yeah, I remember I remember all these people talking about how Liberty is such an offensive machine. 20-13 against an 0-8 team. They lose to Central Michigan 42-28 and then at Georgia Southern 41-7. Ole Miss is going to pretty much be able to name the score. That's what they're going to do. They'll run over these guys, and then we'll have some of our fans that will freak out about it. Steve, did you see that? Guys, I'm telling you ahead of time. Okay, I'm telling you ahead of time. Ole Miss is going to bounce these boys. It's not going to be pretty. Ole Miss will run at will. Missouri is at Georgia. This is, you know, I, I think this is going to be a little more complicated than people. I expect Georgia to win the game. But uh, I think Missouri can go down there and play with those guys a little bit. I'm kind of I'm eager to get home and watch this game because I think Missouri will challenge for a while. But I think Georgia will figure some things out. You know, that's the thing, too. I, you know, I'm, I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of rooting against Swift a little bit because I want Kylan to win the SEC rushing championship. I want him to have that the rushing crown. Uh, but I just think Georgia has too many weapons. And I know people talk so much about the Georgia receiving group. I like Cager a lot. I think he is a star. I think he is going to be a, a massive star in this league. But I think Georgia wins it, but I think it's going to be a good ball game. Appalachian State to South Carolina. Hey, listen, don't sleep on App State, man. Ask Lloyd Carr at Michigan, right? Uh, I think there is a real chance that App State can go in here and surprise South Carolina. App State is 7-1, and one, and they lost last weekend to Georgia Southern. They will now take the trip to South Carolina. Uh, that is an interesting matchup for me. The, you know, App State, you know, that's the thing everybody said, well, you know, they, listen, they, they're two or three coaches into this thing, man, and uh, those, that, those guys are playing consistently. I think South Carolina wins a close one here. But I, I, I really expect you – know, South Carolina's 4-5. and five. They've got to have this game. They do. I could see App State going in there and beating them. I mean, 7-1? I mean, 
seven and one, and they're coming off a loss. They're going to be refocused. They're going to feel like this is a game to make their season. If South Carolina loses this game, they will not be in a bowl game. It is as simple as that. If they're four and five right now, <laughs> four and five now, and and they still have Clemson to go. They got A and M. They got to go to Kyle Field, and then they're home against Clemson. They lose this ball game. They are home for the holidays. That's why I think they'll find a way to win it. Muschamp's just one of those kind of guys that it seems like when everybody's against him, he finds a way to do something like upset Georgia. Tennessee is at Kentucky. You know, Tennessee's playing better as of late. Uh, Kentucky, you know, it's just one of those things you look at and say, okay, this is the real Kentucky. You know, what we saw last year was not the real Kentucky. That's Kentucky at the end of a talent cycle. That's when things kind of – when all the, the planets align for Kentucky. They're 4-4 four and four on the year. Tennessee now 4-5 and five on the year. And looking at Kentucky, this is what they have left. Okay, so you've got Tennessee at Kentucky, Kentucky at Vanderbilt, and then Tennessee Martin at Kentucky. I don't think there's any way Kentucky doesn't get ball eligible. Because of that, I think maybe they don't have the urgency uh, this weekend. I could see Tennessee going in there and beating them. You know, Tennessee has been at home the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you if, if people realize this. You know, Tennessee has won three of the last four. Of course, they beat Mississippi State. They 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 had a very very competitive game against Alabama. That uh, I think some officiating late allowed that game to kind of get away. And then of course they they just bounce South Carolina forty one twenty one. They beat UAB thirty to seven. They're turning in the right direction. So we're going to go with Tennessee here in a bit of an upset in Lexington. I think all these rumors about Mark Stoops being a candidate for the Florida State job doesn't help matters either. But I still think Kentucky will find a way to, to get bowl eligible. So so that's the SEC schedule. Again, your winners, Florida, Arkansas, Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee. Tennessee, the only road team I expect to win. It's an interesting week. You know, to be for, you know, it's one of those things, too, when State's not playing, it's easy to find a rooting interest in every game. You know what I'm saying? It's like even if it doesn't affect Mississippi State, you can find somebody to pull for. Uh, there are a lot of these games that look to be on paper that, you know, hey, should kind of favor the home team. But um, that, that App State and Missouri, I can see those guys, you know, making these games a little bit scary for a while. And I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see Western Kentucky uh, give Arkansas some trouble because it's one of those things, too, with Arkansas. If they get behind, then it's that whole here-we-go-again thing. And, I, you know, I, I don't know. Mississippi State may have broken last week. We'll see what happens. But, you know, Ty's story from Western Kentucky, you know as well as I do, he's going to come out and try to play well. And Western Kentucky doesn't have a lot of pieces around him. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting week, to say the least. It always is. I want to remind you guys, too, I mentioned our friends at Campus Bookmart earlier in the show, and uh, I'll be back with those guys again today. I mean, just absolutely love Miss Kathy Brown and uh, Stan Ray, the lovely, talented Susie, and, and even the lovely, talented Susie has people that have shown up at the booth asking to meet the lovely and talented Susie, and trust me, you want to meet her, too. So go by the store, get to know those folks. They're there to serve you. They'll treat you like family because you are family, but if you can't make it to town, Please visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. The promo code is BSR. 
which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. So let's look at the weekend in Starkville. Should be a good weekend. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, men's basketball Friday night. They will take on Sam Houston State. Now, Sam Houston State opened the, the, the season on Tuesday night, just as the Bulldogs did. But with a 95-57 win over Paul Quinn, I don't know that I have ever heard of Paul Quinn. And based on this score, it doesn't appear that anybody but Paul and Quinn showed up. 95-57 for Sam Houston State. Uh, ben Howen told us earlier this week that, that Sam Houston State is a lot like uh, Florida International. That They want to press. It's a very guard-oriented team. They want to put a lot of pressure and turn you over and get baskets in transition. So it'll be an interesting test. And uh, Ben even said Sam Houston might be better at doing what they want to do uh, than Florida Atlantic was. So that ball game uh, in Starkville, Humphrey Coliseum, 7 p.m. Central. It will be broadcast SEC+. Plus. SEC+. Plus. So you're watching that on your tablet or uh, on your app or, or your smart TV, whatever works for you. Uh, but that that's the schedule. And, again, this is game two of the Nick Weatherspoon 10-game suspension. So one game down, nine to go. We will get there sooner rather than later. I know many of you are probably wondering, okay, with all this stuff with Nick, what happens when he comes back to the chemistry standpoint? And people forget you know, he's still full, a full participant in practice. So when they run some things, he's still out there. He's just not getting first-team reps when they get ready to work game plan. But it's not like he's you know sitting at home waiting for a phone call. He is still part of the team. He's still participating in the drills. So there, there still is a relationship there. It's just a matter of him kind of getting back into the flow of things. And I don't think it's going to take him long. And uh, one of the things I think when Nick comes back, this pressure stuff, we're going to be able to handle the press a lot better. Nick is an explosive player. And so I don't worry the least bit about you know, him coming back. I understand, you know, the really on the defensive end, you know, helps that defense, that sort of stuff, you know, when you have to communicate out there. That takes a little while. But as far as the individual effort and ball handling, I expect you know him to come in and do a good job. Now, looking at Saturday, Mississippi State will welcome Southern Miss to town for the women's basketball game. Uh, the, the Lady Eagles come in, and uh, they have already opened their season. They played an exhibition November 2nd against Spring Hill out of, uh, I guess it's out of Mobile. They beat them 83-66, and then they, they took down William Carey on Tuesday – 77 to 47. I don't think William Carey or Spring Hill combined uh, could beat Mississippi State. So this will be, you know, a ball game that uh, Mississippi State is certainly favored to win. I do think that there has been some teachable moments for Vic Schaefer already. And uh, one of the things talking to members of the staff is that, you know, you, you've got the athleticism, you've got the offense, we should be able to score. Now it's about trying to put together a cohesive defensive game plan with some players that are really kind of learning to play defense. Uh, you, you know, Jessica Carter looked, looked, looked great the other night. We expect her to have a big season. Uh, Rakia Jackson, we expect her to be one of the most prolific scorers in the Southeastern Conference. But the defensive end is where things have kind of got to be, you know, figured out. As you guys saw in the exhibition, there were some backdoor cuts and there were some some things that they did. And granted, they're a veteran team, despite their Division II national championship caliber team. So they're very good at what they do. They're not going to have Division I athletes, but they gave State some trouble for a while. State will figure it out. 
they'll figure it out. I expect State to win this game pretty handily. I think, number one, I think because of the fact the Mississippi State football team is off, that there will be a lot of women's basketball fans. Uh, matter of fact, at Turner tonight, I had some folks come up to me and talk to me, women's basketball. Steve, how do you feel about the season? Well, here I what I'll tell you. If we can find a way to play defense, we can win the SEC again. It'll boil down to us in South Carolina more than likely. Uh, Kennedy Carter is phenomenal. I don't think she has the pieces around her to put a championship run together. But I believe Mississippi State can learn to play a little defense. We're going to be able to score. But that's the big thing. And Vic is the, the Secretary of Defense. By the time we get into conference play, he will have figured out who's willing to play defense and, and not. There are several players that can play defense that won't play defense. You know what I'm saying? It's like they don't understand what going hard is just yet. Vic and Johnny Harris and the rest of the staff, they will get that out of them. I don't, I'm not, I don't really worry about that. I, I think with this coaching staff, it'll take some time because they'll have to put them on the floor and see how they respond to some adversity and things of that nature. But they'll figure it out. Just as you saw last week, when, when it was closing time, Mississippi State found a way to put the game away. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. A little bit shorter show. We don't have a, an opponent to prepare for, and it is kind of a light weekend. Look, looking forward to a great weekend. Hope, hopefully I'll see you guys at book signings. Again, reminder, today Meridian at Rush Hospital, cafeteria meeting room from noon to around 1, 1 Then I will leave there and drive to Jackson again for, for Mistletoe Marketplace. I'll be there from, I guess, around 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock. And then on Saturday, 11 to 3, downtown Starville. And it comes to come out before the ball game at Book Martin Cafe, uh, 11 to 3. And if you can't make it, please order the book at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. You can always order there. You could pre-order there. You can continue to get online orders there. The people have asked, what's the turnaround time on that? Listen, they have me sign books a couple days a week. And so if you're looking to get a personalized copy, uh, you can still do that. You just go ahead and order through the website. Let them know what the signing instructions are, and we'll take care of that. And, again, they're getting with me a couple days a week. A lot of times when we're having these signings, they will come meet me at the signing location, have me sign there, and then um, and then get those books in the mail for you. So you don't have, you're not having to wait. So if you're still looking to get that in there for Christmas, you can still do that. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can find that at StarkVillains.com. You get t-shirts and hoodies. It's a little cooler outside now, so maybe you want those hoodies. Uh, saw a couple of the hoodies actually in Fayetteville last weekend. Uh, happy to see that. And so I uh, look forward to seeing you guys around campus a lot more because we've still got – you know, three home football games to go here. It's not to mention men's and women's basketball. So please come by and say hello. We're always happy to visit. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.